get me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, I stubbornly continue to be Mark Hershon, and this refuses to be anything but Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I'm back from the first Los Angeles podcast festival, which was about a week ago now. It was pretty much a success, as far as I could tell. More well-organized than you might imagine the four comedians might be able to scrape together, but plenty of hiccups and surprises along the way through the three-day event. I couldn't stay for the final cocktail party on Sunday night because I had to catch a flight, but I was there for most of the rest of it. There were some interesting panels on how to promote your podcast and how to soup up your technology, stuff like that. And a bunch of live podcasts, everybody from Greg Barrett and Dave Anthony's Walking the Room and Super Ego to Fitzdog Radio and Doug Loves Movies. Doug Benson's show included people like Mark Marin and Zach Galifianakis and was the most hilarious train wreck of a live podcast you're liable to see or hear. It's actually up now on, uh, on iTunes and Doug's website, so check that out. If uh, you want to hear something that's just complete chaos in a can. Uh, as one of the people who gave the organizers Kickstarter money to pull it off, I got a three-day ticket and a bag full of swag. I also got promises from some of the guys I've been wanting to get on the show to finally come on the show, my show, Suckatash. Well, we'll see if that happens. They have a way of forgetting. Uh, talking about this show, let's get on to the damn show. First off, that music you're hearing behind me right now is a tune from longtime comedian and friend Denny Johnston, along with his pal Mark Linford. It's not comedy, and it's not a podcast, but Denny and Mark are looking for some love. So if you like it, look for the link at SuckatashShow.com and click over to CDBaby.com and rate their bluegrass tunage. At the podcast last week, I also got a chance to meet up with some of the podcasters that I've been tweeting and Skyping with over the past year or so, but have never met face-to-face. I had breakfast last Sunday morning with Travis and Brandy Clark from Tiny Odd Conversations and Susan Weidmans from Toggle the Switch. We had a fun time outdoors at the Earth Cafe in Santa Monica. Free plug. And I, I recorded our conversation just for the heck of it. It's very loud. But if you're uh, really curious about what four, pa- four podcasters like to shoot the shit about, I'll have a link up to the whole hour-long yak fest up on the blog at SuckatashShow.com. But for now... Here's just a few minutes of us talking about where the titles for the other two shows came from. I want to know how you guys came up with your name. Okay, it's actually a very weird story. We, for the longest time, could not think of what to call the show. I had my first one. Yeah, she wanted to call it Brain and Nerd, and I said no. Is that I would never call myself brain, and I don't. I'm, you know, as much as I go on about how smart I think I am on this show, I'm not going to call myself. That. I'll call myself Doctor Astronaut Travis Esquire until <laughs> until the dogs come home. I'm going to call myself brain. And there's enough nerd shows out there and stuff like that. So for a long time, we were just going to be uh, the the Tab Show, Travis and Brandy. And I'm like, eh. That was a working. Time yeah, and I was like, I don't like it. And then I, I went into an anagram machine, uh, like a website, and just put in our names in to see if our oh, names okay. spelled something funny. And the one, the only one I liked was like Tiny Odd Naps, is what it came. Well, that was like oh. that was even odd. 
I don't remember, it was something tiny, something, and naps. Huh. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like, you listen to it and you fall asleep, that's kind of funny. And then, finally, I just was like, well, we're not, it's not really a show about sleeping, it's, it's just a conversational show. And I was like, we'll be tiny, odd conversations. And then we were like, that's really hard to spell. Like, that's a lot to write out. And then we're like, well, we'll just abbreviate it, T-O-C. Talk pod sounds cool. And then that was that was the genesis of how the name that's came out. Awesome. So the, the anagram machine gave me at least tiny. Yeah. And the, I think we put the, because there's no O in our name, so it couldn't have been odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. I, Maybe it messed up and it was just a random. Yeah. yeah, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think I put Travis Brandy Show is oh. what I put in. And... I think that's where. And how that's did, still, that's so how did ideas. how did your show title come about? <laughs> I don't. I I don't even know. Well, the walking the room people are very um, very dirty, very filthy. Right. All kinds of sex, masturbation, all this kind of stuff. And one day I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about. You know, masturbation times, mm-hmm. and somebody said, "Toggle the switch, like like the ah. beam," <laughs> and it stuck in my head. And this was months before we ever decided to do a podcast. And so when we decided to do it, um, we, you know, we're like, oh my god, what are we going to call it? And uh, Carl was on vacation, so and he actually. We talked a ton during this wonderful vacation he took. I felt really bad. Because we're like, ah, <laughs> But, and then I thought of it, and I thought, oh, he's, he's not going to like it. He's not going to like it. And I also wanted to hear him say it, because I just love his accent. <laughs> right, right, right. Toggle, toggle the switch. And so I told him, and he's like, Hmm, I think I like that. See, I always thought, I, I thought it was like maybe a uh, uh, Australian saying for like yeah, I turning just, on the computer or something. No, to, it's totally filthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I thought was kind of brilliant about it, because since you guys do filthy stuff. Yeah, yeah I thought it was like a Toad the Wet Sprocket kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. Monty <laughs> Python reference. <laughs> that was a little something from what I like to call the Talk Toggle Tash podcast uh it isn't a real podcast that's just us talking about podcasting you can catch the dance mix version of our chat and lots of other restaurant sounds splashing waters and wandering waiters uh, by uh, pulling up the clip at succotashshow.com as far as the clips from this episode go i was so inundated by the popular shows at the podcast festival last week that i thought i would feature clips from shows you might not know about and a few that you might because i've featured them here before I also have an interview with friend of the show Dave Nelson from the Comedy A Go-Go podcast who recently dropped his 100th episode. So I'll be playing that interview and a clip from that epi a bit later on in this show. In the meantime, however, our first clip is from a pretty new podcast, The Chick and Dick Show. That's Chick, C-H-I-C-K-N, capital N, D-I-C-K, Chick and Dick Show, with John Simmons and Lindsay Mogul. Now, John was the co-host of a show called The Truth or Truth Podcast, which made it to 57 episodes before he and co-host Brandon called it quits. But now he's back with a woman on the other mic, so we'll see how that goes. Here's a taste. But when they blind, when they get blindfolded, they have to play a game called Who Is That? Uh, there's a name for it. They call it breath test or something. It's a, yeah. 
But it's like, they, guess the breath. So what they do is they have a, a member of the family breathe really heavily into their face, and they have to guess who it is. And it's not like, you know, five inches away, blowing breath into your face. It's like they put their mouth over the other person's nose. It's close enough Ugh. that the herpes could jump from your lip to their lip. Yeah. That, that's it's, that's really how disgusting. I gauge closeness. <laughs> if I can catch an STD from that gap, then you're a little too close. And your son just totally smiled when I said STD. <laughs> He is di- so far. We know that he smiles when I go like right into his face. When I talk about whipping his weenie out, and when I say STD, college is going to be the best years of his life. All right, so that's one of the games they play, and I had a lot, I had a, a lot of fun thinking about how to make fun of June. So, do you mind if I play with one of the ideas? Run, run. So with it. June wears clothing that. For the love of God, you could probably cover an entire three-ring circus in. Mm-hmm. She's huge. She's massive. <laughs> and I was just thinking, and I actually saw a picture like this online, and I made a comment on, on this picture, and a lot of people liked it. I was like, you know, what if it was her wearing the shirt? So picture this. Really, really fat June wearing a, a SpongeBob shirt. <laughs> and I'm talking like just like any regular 5XL, 10XL shirt she wears, it's going to be stretched out, skin tight. It looks like it's painted on and on accident. Yep. So I could write a theme song for that. You want to hear the theme song? I do. Okay. <laughs> I can't even get it out now. All this build up. Oh my God. Now, you know, I feel bad because all this build up. I'm like, God, what? This isn't theme great. Theme song. Yeah. Okay. Who lives on a body you'd rather not see? SpongeBob SquarePants, abnormally stretchy and wrinkled as he. SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) (laughs) That's my theme song. That's awesome. I came up with that a long time ago, and I was like, you know what? I'm using it on the podcast. I like it. That's good. So that's anytime you see June, just picture SpongeBob on her and start singing. Not wanting to be there, (laughs) except he's never smiling. And you never, ever want to ask for his Krabby Patties. <laughs> Honey Boo Boo's mother, June, whatever the hell your last name, Bucktooth, beaver face, fat bitch wearing Spongebob, never, ever, ever cook your noodles in lard. Please Is that don't. mean? Was that mean? That wasn't Too mean much? at all. Okay. No. That's I fine. I mean, I just feel like she's going to be another Amanda Bynes, for example. I feel <laughs> like she's this sweet and little kid, and America's going to be like, oh! And then when she's 17, she's going to be strung out on crack and pregnant, and then she's going to pull a Winnie Houston and wind up dead in a tub. It's going to happen. And everyone's going to be surprised. And we're like, I don't know oh, how did that happen? Oh, we, she had such a good family. Whether you like chicks or whether you like dicks or maybe a little of both, you can get them both at chickndickpodcast.com. iTunes also on SoundCloud. Uh, so, John, good luck uh, and welcome back to the podcast fold. Uh, wanted to thank people that have been rating us. It really does help with visibility uh, to get our numbers up, um, particularly on iTunes, where we can uh, occasionally pop up into the new and noteworthy section. Um, so if you get a chance, go up to iTunes, click on four or five stars. Anything less than that is uh, well, not really. Well, hey, do what you got to do, right? And uh, if you have time for a little essay quiz, not even a quiz, just one or two sentences talking about how much succotash has changed your life. That'll help us out. If you're a listener on Stitcher Smart Radio, you can give us a thumbs up over there. And uh, we recently showed up, uh, according to the guys over at the Unkempt Show, 
in um, some section where people, li- other listeners like to hear shows. I, I, I couldn't find us, but uh, I hear we were there. So fantastic. Um, other things, you can uh, get us on Facebook at our fan page. If you uh, go up there, you can actually listen to the show through the fan page without even downloading anything. So if you spend a lot of time on Facebook, spend an hour with us. Also, follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Just that easy, and we tweet quite frequently. Next up is the Podquard podcast. That's, uh, uh, well, Podquard, P-O-D-K-W-A-R-D. That was uh, uh, from uh, Emilio Rizal and Engineer Caesar. They've submitted a clip, and uh, it's a weekly deal where, according to their site, the guys chat with actors, musicians, filmmakers, and hobos about a variety of topics, including movies, relationships, strange rashes, and more. Uh, I believe these guys are in the Los Angeles area, which gives them uh, access to the various artists they get on the show. And here's a snippet about strange kissing debuts, also known as first kisses, I guess. But here's uh, the Podquard podcast. So uh, what about you? My first kiss. I'm, I'm speaking to Emilio right now. My first kiss. <laughs> you don't need to. Seriously. Stuart, <laughs> I'm really worried about the people who cannot see your face. <laughs> no. So I feel like I no one can differentiate our voices. There's, I feel Except like, for Caesar. He's kind of got it. Because he sounds like he's got Down syndrome a little bit. <laughs> um, no, because he sounds like he's, uh, he's a Latin lover. Were you, on the other hand... I just am a Latin lover. I don't need to sound like one. Right. Yeah. My first kiss thing is kind of weird because... Uh, it was with me. No. Well, I mean, there, was, we already, yeah. there, were, there were four people involved. <laughs> One of them was not human. No. Um, <laughs> I guess technically my first kiss is, it, I think I was about 13. Emilio's taking way too long <laughs> no, with it's his coming. details. It's coming. So it's really long. Yeah, your lips <laughs> touched her. So what? Yeah, just tell me her name. And my tell lips me the date. touched boobs. So we had, <laughs> I think Caesar was there possibly. It was like a friend of the family's. We, you know, my whole family would go over to like this, this other family's house and we'd you know, hang out. Make for, out. For oh. the entire family, moms, dads, cousins. <laughs> We'd, we'd all hang out and just kind of the kids would go upstairs and just watch TV or whatever while the parents would do God knows what debaucherous things. I have no idea. Um, and we so at some point I was like sitting uh, on the floor, leaning against the bed and watching TV. And I started feeling a, a tongue licking my ear. Shut up. I swear to God. What time of the day was this? <laughs> it was probably late evening or something. I don't okay. know. And okay. then I'm like, Caesar, stop. <laughs> no. Um, He's like, you know, you like it. <laughs> So I'm like feeling a tongue licking my ear, and I'm like, "What are you doing at this point?" Nothing. I'm just sitting there watching TV. Okay, what are you watching? <laughs> Porn, because that's probably the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can hear my parents moaning downstairs. No, um, <clears throat> so oh God, that's horrifying. Um, it was. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was watching the Wonder Years. So I'm licking the. I'm, I mean, I'm not licking. <laughs> you're, licking my, you're licking your own I'm ear. Licking my own ear. Much like Stewart can reach his own dick. <laughs> someone's licking my ear, and I'm and I already know who someone who the someone is, and I, so I'm just kind of let it happen. And uh, and and this and you kinda, just continue watching TV. You're like, I'm not going to turn around. I'm not going to turn around. Yeah, kind of. Because I don't. That's how I people get raped. They just let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I tried saying no, and she wouldn't stop. I didn't know what how to react or anything because this is sort of like a friend. She was kind of a friend. Like I had known her oh. for years. Okay. So it was a little weird for me, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so Emilio th- was not attracted. So that was. <laughs> That was kind of that. And then the next week, I would come back and I would try to replicate the exact same thing. I would sit at the, on the floor, leaning on the bed, and, she, so see, and watch TV, and watch the exact same porno we'd watched before, and then see if she would lick my ear, and may, maybe half the time it worked. So this went on for maybe like a month or Shut so. Shut up. I Hold on a second. No, yeah. Hold on. Yes. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this doesn't make I was, So uh, you would just sit and watch TV, a couple episodes of the A-Team or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
while this girl licked your ear and you did nothing about it. You didn't even discuss it? No. That's the weird thing. I don't Does this sound right to you at all? Sounds Caesar. really awkward. You were, I think you were there in the room. Yeah, that makes it even more awkward. Okay. You're like, Caesar, how, you sit how there. How old are you? That's where you were sitting. Now, how old am I now? No. How old was I? I yeah. think I was like twelve or thirteen. And how old is this girl? So we were the same age. And so she would just lick your ear, and yeah. you would look straight ahead. And I mean, I would hold on. But you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, and it I was, was nice. Kind of, that's why I kept going back. Yeah, that's why I kept going and trying to replicate all the steps to try to make it happen. I figured there was some kind of formula. Right. What were you watching? I think I was watching uh, Sweet Valley High. Sweet Valley. Was that a show that was on back then? I don't know. I think it was. I think Dude, was. you're like way younger than me. So at some point, the, the ear licking happened. I just happened. look younger than him. The, you look more <laughs> Filipino than I do, for sure. Um, the ear licking was happening. And then, and then we just started. So you just turned real quick. You're like. <laughs> just yeah. turned your head. You just turned your head as fast as you could. I don't re- that's the thing is I don't really remember and how. just bit. Her tongue. I think what happened Hold was on. like she, she she kinda licked my ear for a bit and then whatever. Did you grab her? No, and then and then Is that it, why you're so scared of women? <laughs> because what? That's why you cling on to them viciously. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. I didn't know this was attack Emilio Day. With... No, that's the reason why. <laughs> what what is what's wait, what I missed it. What's the reason why? <laughs> go on, finish the rest of the story. <laughs> so no, at some point then Let I me get my notebook. I get up and I go, I'm lying down on the bed instead of sitting on the floor, I'm lying on the bed. And then she just she's kind of on top lies. of you, she kind of she's not. She was she kind of hovers over me, and then she just starts kissing me. How oh, is, so, is she pretty? I mean, she was she was pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. Let's Facebook her right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> she got really fat later. Um, uh, not really. What if she listens to this? I seriously hope so. <laughs> 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 no. Um, so that's why my thing is weird because it's just like it was. It was Did, whatever happened to her like after that. Like it, it was like a summer love, and then that was it. Yeah, I don't know. We it it, it never really it never no, blossomed. Huh? Nothing ever really happened. Like we you were just a terrible kisser. We would, I guess I was a terrible kisser. We would just hang out and then you never. Did you start cleaning your ears more? <laughs> <laughs> Dig up more awkward strangeness at the Podquard podcast. That's Podquard dot com. Again, I'll spell that P O D K W A R D. See, it's podcast and awkward smashed together clumsily they're also available on itunes and stitcher smart radio thanks for sending in the clip guys uh next we have uh, a clip from um, a show we've featured before the robin joe show with robbie marr and joe robinson they're out of the baltimore area and they've always got some interesting chatter going on in this clip it's about rob's encounter at a stand-up show recently with a blind audience member after the show i was at the dc improv last week i do this one joke it's about how when you drink, you get beer goggles on and you go home with someone who's not normally as attractive. And then the joke part is, what do blind guys do when they get drunk? Do they go home with women with really horrible voices? Yes, <laughs> I've heard that one. So after the show, there's a blind guy there. Right. He's got the dog. He's got a woman with him. Before you told your joke, did you see that I the blind see. guy was there? did not see that he was there. Okay. I just want to know if you still were like, I saw it and I didn't care and I went. I have been in that situation before and I did continue. Because it's not offensive to blind people. But the only problem with that is that someone might get weird if they see a blind person there. Because what are the chances he's not going to hear the joke? When they're hearing is amazing, right? So <laughs> I'm selling my CDs. And he comes up to me and he's like, yeah, you need to add on to your blind joke and do this and that. So we're having a cool conversation. But this is the thing that sort of struck me. His girlfriend was hot. No. Yes. Why? Well, yeah. Isn't that a waste of a hot girl? I mean, it's not a waste of a thin girl. I can see how you'd, you'd want her to be thin. 
But her facial structure, you don't know that that's hot, and you're not getting anything out of it. And she seemed, like, intelligent, and she, like, was really cool. Did he lose sight during their relationship? Well, I hope he's listening, because I have questions. But I didn't. we didn't get into that. But I wanted to give him my CD download card, where you can just go to this website and type in the code, and you download it for free. And I gave it to her, and it was kind of weird, because she was like, why, why are you giving this to us? Because I think they were going to buy. So it was almost like, why are you giving him something because he's blind? Which is exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Yes. Yes. What would you say? I said, no, we were having a back and forth. He was giving me comedy advice and, you know, I'm paying for that. So I act like that was why I gave him that. But really it was because, hey, you're blind. I'm giving you something. But here he is. He's got more money than me. I'm sure he has a better job. He talked about working on the Hill. He's got a hot girlfriend. I mean, who am I to think that this guy needs something from me? Did you mention at all that his girlfriend was hot? Because I would have made mention of that. I mean, no. he's not going to be offended by that. Remember the movie Mask? Yes. Okay, that was on WB the other day, okay? And I watched it, and I remember thinking, Laura Dern is his girlfriend. It's unnecessary. Yes. She doesn't have to be Laura Dern. He has the face of a lion. He can, does it make sense? <laughs> yes. That bothered me, but this is the reverse. His girlfriend should look like Rocky Dennis, but she doesn't. If yes. you can't see, what are the attributes you're looking for in a woman? I guess good personality. Want to be able to cook really well? Yeah. Be patient, understanding. She doesn't move the furniture around. Right. You don't care if she's, you know, has a good sense of style. No, she could wear whatever the hell she wants. Right. I mean, you want a good personality, obviously. That's what you need. But this girl is a total package. Now, it also got me thinking, he probably does have an ex-girlfriend who's less attractive. And how must that make her feel? He doesn't like how my face felt? Well, no, I mean, I guess it would make you feel worse. If he got a new girlfriend and she had a bad personality, because then you'd be like, wait a minute. What if he was with this ugliest girl ever who had the best personality? (laughs) And then he ends up dating this model who's got nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Her story is more interesting than his. Right. I'm interested in what is going on with her. Was he good looking? Yeah, he was good looking. Did he have the, sometimes blind people have like the googly eye. Yeah, he had that. He, had he that. did. No sunglasses. He wasn't wearing sunglasses. The dog was beautiful. Very well. <laughs> he was dressed well. I think he's a very successful person. He just happens to be blind. I hope they're listening to the show. Maybe they were watching Mask on the WB. He can't even relate to that. She has well, to describe to him that that blind girl is good looking. Well, maybe he listened because I said he would be on this week. They're live every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. East Coast time at therobinjoeshow.com. You can also grab them from iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and podbean.com. As a professional namer most of the time, that's that's what I do in the real world, you know. I make up brand names. And uh, I've got to say that the titles of podcasts have got to be some of the most original and creative naming going on in the world today. Case in point, here's a clip from Kate Katsoran's podcast, The Rigid Fist from Australia. Now, with names like Toggle the Switch and The Rigid Fist, I'm not sure most of the titles are, are not euphemisms for masturbation, but they are original. In this clip, Kat and his guest Carl McAteer start out talking about exercise apps and end up in somewhat seamier territory. We'll go to the doctor in a couple of years or whatever and go, but so... You seem to be very stressed. What do you What do you do to relax? I uh, do a podcast. Okay, we'll put a heart monitor on you then. 
and uh, <laughs> we're just going to record your daily uh, your daily workouts. Yeah. And uh, we, we said that the cause of all of your all of your problems are from from recording your podcast. You've got a high blood pressure after them. Yes, and I get quite annoyed. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of heart monitors, as this for a crowbar, heart monitors, workouts, bus monitor, home run keeper. What's that? Are you still doing that app, that exercise app? Yeah. Um. Oh, fantastic. I don't use Runtastic very much. So I generally use the treadmill at home. Yeah. Because um, that means I, can, I know where the kids are rather than just leaving them with the eldest one. The, the two small ones, they're fucking dumb as a box of rocks. So I can't leave them in the house by themselves. But um, it's not much better leaving them with the bigger one. At least they mightn't die maybe or... Yeah. But yeah, I use, I'm still using the My Fitness Pal, the one where you monitor your calories and shit like that. Yeah. So you, you know what's going in. Yeah. I've stopped going through trying to find the most fucking horrific foods to eat. Uh, like, I think the Mars Bar Muffin. That's one of the worst ones. 600... That sounds like a manoeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 600 calories per fucking one little muffin. So you can get three of those in a day pretty much. Fucking hell. Yeah. How'd you go last night at the club? Yeah, not too bad. Oh, I saw you were getting pretty pally with that fucking... That drunk girl, yeah, she was a dirty bitch. She fucking let me give her a Mars bar muffin. Fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, it's worse than a Mexican avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> Why do the Mexicans get... <laughs> uh, it always seems to be the Mexicans that are the filthiest. <laughs> seems to be... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what was it the other day? Um, fuck. Uh, the Alaskan pipeline. <laughs> What's that? What the actual? Oh, well, is... that's when you shed a condom, freeze it, and then use it as a dildo. That's her life. She's stuck with him. <laughs> She's stuck with you now. She's got kids, a mortgage. She's fucked. <laughs> her life's ruined. Her parents must be in tears every night. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine she goes home to her parents in tears. <laughs> Mum, Carl was telling me about the fucking Alaskan pipeline. Oh, what's that, dear? <laughs> One quick Google search later, <laughs> the police are knocking at the door. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking gold. Yeah. Absolute gold. There is so much more to be had over at the rigidfist.libsyn.com. 
libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And also on iTunes. Uh, thanks, Kat, for sending the clip in. Um, I'm not quite sure what the thing is with the Ben Apod podcast. That's B-E-N-A-P-O-D podcast. The host um, has guests and features and chats and audio drama as it says on the website. But the strange thing is that Ben's voice is electronically modulated throughout the show. It's sort of like listening to Stephen Hawking doing a podcast or something. I'm not sure if it wouldn't drive you crazy hearing it all the time, but it is definitely different, especially this particular clip, which gets super meta as Benapod calls an automated helpline. Good old customer service. We all love calling them, don't we? Well, imagine if the conversation with the machine, no less, went like this. Thank you for calling customer service. Your call may be recorded for quality and administrative purposes. Please give a brief description as to why you are calling. Um, yes. I would like to speak to customer service. I'm sorry. I didn't understand that command. Again, why are you calling? A live representative, please. Sorry. Your command is invalid. In order to transfer you, please give a brief description as to why you are calling. I'm calling about my bill, miss. You said, bill? I'm sorry. But Bill is an invalid option. Please hold as we transfer you to a live customer support representative. And by the way, your call may be monitored or recorded for quality and administrative purposes. Thank you for calling our customer service line. Unfortunately, all representatives are busy now. Please listen to this brief on hold music and we'll be with you as soon as possible. Our regular customer service hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Thank you. We apologize for the delay. All of our representatives are still busy at the moment. Regular hold times are usually 5 to 10 minutes, but due to the high volume of calls, we may have to wait 30 to 50 minutes. Thank you so much for calling. Please continue to hold or press 1 to leave a message now. Oh, come on, guys. Answer your stupid phones. Excuse me. Explicit language is unacceptable. Please speak nicely or we shall disconnect the call. Oh, shut up, you Sir, shut up, you big I don't even understand why an idiot like you is calling us anyways. You are a big fat loser and bully. You should be ashamed of yourself, you little dirtbag. Go away. Stop the cursing and swearing, you piece of or I'll call my leader. Oh, give me a break. You're just a machine, you. That is enough already. I am calling the police and they will be there in five minutes. You are a bad guy and a fool. Shame on you, Sophie Rag. Goodbye. Ha 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 ha. Take that. Ha. Yeah, but what about my bill, miss? So yeah, customer service in America could be a bit better. We call and stupid machines answer. I hope that uh, never happens to me or you when you call, though. That would be a bit weird. Anyway, have a great day, and remember, customer service rocks. Uh, yeah. You can pick up more Benapod at benapod.tumblr.com, as well as on iTunes, Mixcloud, Podomatic, or Radio Fubar. The man has got himself some dandy distribution. Let's get into our tweet sack. It's our version of listener mail, or listener email. 
none of which anyone ever sends us. But we do get mentions on Twitter as at Succotash Show, so I'll just read those instead whenever it's something shareable like this. Got a tweet uh, from the Unkempt Show, at Unkempt Show, which I mentioned earlier uh, just a few minutes ago, that uh, Succotash is listed as one of our, quote, listeners also like, unquote, on Stitcher. So thanks, Matt and Mike over at Unkempt Show for sending along that information. I'm not exactly sure what it means, but I guess you saw our name somewhere, so that's good. And uh, thanks uh, for picking us up over on Stitcher Smart Radio. And also, guys, send us another clip from Unkempt. Uh, it's been a while since we played one, so send it along. I'm also happy to add a link from any comedy podcast onto our blog roll at SuccotashShow.com. And just got two more requests to do that. One is from Benapod, who we just heard from. Uh, the other one is from a podcast, It Doesn't Matter, You're Gonna Die podcast. And uh, I will play a clip from them in the near future, I promise. But both of those guys can also find uh, their blog addresses up on our blog roll at SuccotashShow.com. All right, let's, uh, let's do this. We are the Three Guys every Monday live from 6 to 7 p.m. You can call us at 855-69-THE-THREE-GUYS. <laughs> it's not the three guys. This is why you should turn in because one has Tourette's. The you other really, one's illiterate. You really should listen in. You never know what's going to happen. 855 69 guys G-U-Y-S and the number three, not the. Faces yeah. for radio, voices for the deaf. Look forward to talking to you. Hey, I'm audio candy. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Ghosts and goblins, Frodo and Spider-Man, and lots and lots of slutty nurses all wandering the streets can only mean one thing. No, not Fleet Week. It's Halloween, this special time every year. Henderson's restocks the shelves and interwebs with our Deathly Halloween. More than just a pair of pants and yet not quite a full-blown costume, Henderson's Deathly Halloween is meant to be worn under your disguise to make sure your Halloween stays safe, sane, and filled with treats. The wizards at Henderson's Tailoring Factory start with a thin yet comfy layer of 100% cotton lining. Stitched to that is a second layer. This one made from 70 mil thick military grade Kevlar. Finally, your deathly hallower is coated with waterproof matte black acrylic. Strong enough to keep you safe in the darkest night, whether it's hailing hail or bullets. Henderson's Deathly Hallowair is also light enough to assure that you can keep tricking and treating until the cows come home. Moms and dads, Henderson's wants to remind you that not even our Deathly Hallowair can guarantee complete protection from the low lives and scumbags that are waiting to prey on your precious children. It can't detect razor blades and apples or roofies and rollos. So when you steal your kids' candy while they sleep, be extra careful and take a good look at what you're biting into before it bites into you. Henderson's Deathly Hallowair was originally designed for Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers. Not the unstoppable killing machine from the Halloween movie franchise, but that unstoppable mugging machine from Wayne's World. That's Henderson's. Fine trousers and costumery since 1549. And now back to Succotash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt, and thank you to the fine folks at Henderson Pants. Uh, hopefully we'll be back at uh, Studio P uh, in an upcoming episode very soon with our friend Bill Haywatt and one of his Boozing with Bill segments, which are oh so popular. 
In the meantime, friend of Succotash Dave Nelson recently passed the 100 show mark with his Comedy A Go-Go podcast. I had a Skype conversation with him recently about the show and about his background. He's actually a pretty fascinating dude. Let me play you into that chat with a clip from his Epi 100, where he hosted a roundtable about comedy with guys from what he calls his comedy class, namely Grasshopper, Brad Ellis, Brandon Murphy, Jeff Baker, and Doug Marshall. We'll go from this clip right into my call with Dave. I was thinking about this question as I was driving today. I picked up more pet peeves about comedy. I think the more you do it, the more things that rub you the wrong way. You're just like, ah. Like, like things you nitpick more? or like Not just nitpick, just in general, just... Less patience with hacks. Less patience. Mm-hmm. It just Or you look at somebody who is maybe like two or three years doing this, and you go, man, they're so good. And then you get, you get to where they're at, and you go, kind of look at the mistakes you've made, but like... I mean, does that is that making sense? Yeah, I, kind of. So I know it's and, real muddled, in it, but just like I'm like, no. Me and Brad had the same discussion actually. Like we were talking uh, about uh, someone we used to perform with all the time. We were just like, God, he's amazing. And then we got to the level even higher, and we're just like, Wow, he was terrible. Like how did we <laughs> how did we worship something like that? But uh, no, I, I totally get it. And Conrad Courtney actually has some of the best advice. He's like, every comic like. At three years in, they're like, oh, I got it. And he's like, but then at four years in, they're like, no, no, now I got it. And then at five years in, you're like, no, now I got it. So it's just like a building process of when you get it. I don't think you ever get it, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're always on <laughs> If you get it, you should retire. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever get it, you're done. Or is it the other way around that you get it right off the bat and you just don't know it? There's a couple people I've seen that have done that. Just, I mean, with open mics and stuff like that, just after doing, what, four years of them now, week after week after week, you would be really surprised that people who come in that are first-timers that, you know, don't have a lot of theater background or anything else that just do a fantastic job, that get a joke stretch or anything like that, and it really does just seem natural. Yeah. I mean, there are a few people that come in every once in a while, and sometimes they hit at it, and sometimes they don't, but you'll see one out of a hundred that's just automatically gets it, and it's awesome keeps you going through the rest of the weeks, which I'm sure all of you guys know because you've been there the exact same weeks for the last two years. Is that one brand new newbie? You're just you're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the elusive hole-in-one in golf or yeah, something like yeah. that. So, I mean, how about you two? Brad or just, Hopper? Uh, just running open mic. <laughs> I see a lot of things. <laughs> Every week I'm just like, it's a battlefield on Tuesday. Stop. Stop. Get off stage. Stop. Move the mic stand. He's Stop. actually doing a light right <laughs> out of his hand. Like, just in case you can't tell. Gesture for this is the light. That blinding yeah, thing in front of you is not Jesus coming to take you away from your horrible performance. It's Brad Ellis saying, oh my God, you've got a minute over your time. But yeah, there's a lot of things I'm just like... And and some people you try to talk to and they just don't... You, they don't listen. They'll do the same thing over and over and over and over again. But the guys that will listen... Uh, like Scott, Scott Schaefer came down and I said, "Hey, this has been uh, blah 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 blah." He's like, "Got it, cool." But you talk to some of them, they're just like, uh, and then they walk off and they come back and do the same thing. So all my friends think I'm funny. There's a lot of <laughs> lot of stuff that drives me insane, especially on open mic nights. Mine's yeah. more personal. I just I freak out when people ask me for advice. I don't know what to tell them. I just don't. I've been doing this for two years, and I still don't know what to tell people because I don't feel like I'm at a place where I can. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's that real, who am I to tell you anything, right. yeah. Just 
do it. So it was it Mike's? You were talking about yesterday. Mike Smith's advice: just be funny. Be funny, which I thought was like the worst <laughs> advice in the world. <laughs> Mike, how was that supposed to yeah. help me? And then like a year in, I was like, okay, I think I get it. <laughs> uh, with me is Dave Nelson, the host of Comedy A Go Go, a, uh, po- a podcast that's been around for well, you've just about a hundred episodes, correct? Yeah, my hundredth episode um, is is coming out. I don't know when this is. You're going to air this, but uh, yeah, it's it's just next week is Excellent. when I plop that out. Well, very good. And uh, you are uh, will uh, go back over your geography here, just in case I can't uh, cut it together seamlessly. You are uh, in Georgia. Yes, I am. I'm in Valdosta, Georgia, and I'm approximately. Three to five hours south of Atlanta, depending on the the lovely traffic there, and about three hours north of Tampa Bay. And what uh, what brought you to uh, Val? What is it, Valdosta? Valdosta, Georgia. The um, well, I'm a college professor by day and a podcaster slash uh, amateur comedian by night. Oh, okay. And so it was a it was an op- opportunity to work at a new university where I, I really liked it and. It's it's worked out really well. It's been beneficial for podcasting. I got a lot of some met some great people and got some good equipment while I'm down here. Oh, that's terrific! Um, what uh, what do you teach? I teach communication classes, theory, Aristotle, classical rhetoric, uh, persuasion, argumentation, public speaking, all the classes people love to take. Okay. And uh, what got you interested in the podcasting uh, world as a medium? Well, I had been a podcast fan for a long time, and I've been listening to The Nerdist when that podcast started out, and I started, and, and right after that, Mark Maron's WTF podcast started out, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and then as I was listening to those, I started doing stand-up comedy, I'm like, well, why, do, why can't I do a podcast, and I figured it'd be like a, a free schooling to interview comedians about how to write, how to be a, you know, a comedian, and maybe take some short steps some shortcuts, and um, so I figured if those people can do it and say it's relatively easy, and Hart, Chris Hardwick's always talking about you should go out and create your own stuff, and it's not that hard, so that was enough motivation for me just to get out and just try it. And uh, let's tell folks, uh, we featured uh, a little bit of comedy a go-go on Socketash, but what is your, your format mostly about? My form, well, to be honest, Mark, the format's changed a little bit since once I first started. I would say when I first started out, I was like a poor man's WTF. Okay. Just tried to like do a little bit of ranting at the beginning of it, and then I would have a guest on, on there. And as with anything, it was doing comedy, and you working in comedy clubs yourself, you watch young comedians kind of find their own voice. I, I discovered that my podcast is really geared for young comedians like myself who don't know there's all these unwritten rules that they don't tell you about when you go to open mic and you kind of stumble on them or, or, or some some road dog will come by and and tell you these so i think it, it's, it's been geared towards that and i've added bits to it here and there i do a uh, fake advice for new comedians bit on there and sometimes i have friends and an editorial points on what's going on and local scenes and whatnot so it, it's it's geared more towards like the young comic and what's the writing process so what is the right time to move to a major city like Chicago, New York, maybe even Atlanta, L.A., and just what are the process and what are they going through? But, you know, at the same time, I get more than just 
big name comedians on there. I get people just at open mics and local regional guys because I think everybody's got a really good story and a, and a really interesting point of view because I think comedy is the one thing that there's no one way to go about doing it. And I find that story very fascinating. Now, have you been able to draw a beat on who your main <coughs> audience is? I, it's it's mainly young comedians that are in the the just starting out open mic to maybe like the five year period. Sometimes people that have been around a little bit longer may may stumble across it. I, and I'll be honest, I just I don't like I'll get emails from audience members top time or somebody will tweet me, but I'm just happy somebody's listening. And it's I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but it, it's really kind of a labor of love. It doesn't pay a lot. What? For some strange reason. Oh, I've got money. Yeah, I know. Just pouring in, pouring in. <laughs> well, you've got you. You have the Henderson Pants people, I believe. Yeah, I doing... do, I do, and they uh, they don't pay us anything. But uh, yeah, it's interesting because um, we really are sort of niche broadcasters. Because although I have you know regular people listening, uh, I found that a lot of podcasters listen to Sagatash, and a lot of people who want to get into podcasting. Listen to Succotash. I think I've inspired at least two or three of the podcasts that have come up in the last six to eight months because they heard podcasts on Succotash, so it got them going. Yeah, and, and that, I think that I've gotten I got an interview with somebody who stumbled on my podcast because of Adam Harris, which you were when I did the podcasters episode. That's right. On my show. He 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 got onto my show and sent me an email, and I interviewed this. Um, um, and I'm totally drawing a blank on his name. Hadn't done an open mic, but I find it interesting. Why do you want to do open mic, and, and what what is the process before you even go on stage? So that I have people that haven't even gone on stage listening to the show. So that's kind of cool in and of itself. <laughs> well, now that you've got or will have very shortly a hundred episodes under your belt, what do you think's the the next step? Are you just going to let the show evolve? Do you have any specific plans? That is a good question, and I've really narrowed myself in the hole by putting comedy a go-go on there, which was the original thing. I was going through this mod mood at the time when I named it, so I was going back back into those '60s uh, mod movies and, and the Who and whatnot. So I, I I don't know. I didn't when I first started out, and I don't know if you've listened to your go back and you listen to your first episode. You're like, oh man. Did I did I really put that out for for public consumption? And <laughs> as long as it keeps getting better and my interviewing keeps getting better, I'm going to be happy with that. And um, if I end up moving again, that's just another whole place to find new comedians to talk to and be able to interview because I find that again, it's just a really interesting story. And I think everybody has a. It's nice to be able to have different points of view of what they deem is how doing comedy and the writing process and and what it's like. Now, how is um your podcast helped inform your comedy because you mentioned you're a, you're an amateur comic. So you go out there and you do your gigs. Um, how has doing the show helped that? It's really made me think about how to write jokes and just, uh, how, how to, how to act, how to behave, um, networking, becoming a better networker, uh, don't drink at shows. These simple things you, you just think about, and then you like, and then you hear comedians telling stories about. I got so trashed at this thing. I don't know what happened. Now I'm banned in this five state region. <laughs> just horror stories of it, and like how to do handle hell um, bad situations, like you know club owners and whatnot. If it, it gets hellish, but I, I tend to stay more on the positive. But it's made me think about my writing 
and my goals. And then one of the questions I ask uh, at the end of it is, what, what advice would you give to a comedian two, three years in the game, which is kind of where I'm at. So it's like, okay, that's a really good point to take away from it. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's really, a, a, I'm hypothetically asking a question that I'm really interested in. Um, so development-wise, would you put sort of your um, progress as a podcaster and your progress as a stand-up at sort of the same footing? Are you better at one than the other? Oh, that is a good question. Man, I don't, I, I'll say this. When I first started doing the podcast, I had limited to no radio experience. Like I'd been on a couple of radio shows. But I thought, you just talk into it. It's pretty easy. And then an hour later of trying to do a five-minute introduction as the frustration comes out. So that's become, that's become easier as I've got like a certain format that I go about doing. But um, as far as some days I feel like I'm a better podcaster and some days I feel like I'm a, I'm a better comedian. So it depends on which way the wind's blowing and, and, and how that interview went or how that set went. I could say Sunday, uh, definitely I feel like I'm a better podcaster. After what happened, uh, I just said open mic the other night. But yeah, what was it? do you want to uh, elaborate? <laughs> uh, it was it was rough. Uh, the crowd wasn't into it. I was hosting who a friend was out of town. His open mic, and um, I had taken a week off because I was writing new material, and it just it just was not clicking. The stars weren't aligned, but uh, I had some great conversations and some good feedback on some new material. So that day, that day, I definitely felt like a better podcaster. But you know. <laughs> Some days, like, I do the interviews I think are going to go really well are, like, pulling teeth. And then, so that those are the days I feel like I'm a better stand-up. So yeah. it's just, I think both require, if you want to get better at it, just working at it and not just uh, thinking how to say it, just hoping and wishing you're going to get better at it. So is there anything in your past, uh, getting beyond being a college professor, that sort of led you down either of these two paths were you a huge comedy fan when you were younger did you have comedy idols yeah i mean i when i was in high school i was a huge dave letterman back when it was you know the late night late night with david letterman and of course snl and johnny carson you know the late show with johnny carson so i was a huge like in the comedy boom in the 80s i used to this is, uh, this is a hard thing to imagine, which I think you can remember. Walking around with a Walkman, listening to Stephen Wright, sure. and you know, all, everybody that was really big in the 80s, having those, uh, you know, uh, Dennis Miller and the like. And I wanted to be a stand-up comedian in, college, you know, in high school. Then I went to college, and I was on a speech and debate scholarship, and so that kind of took over. So I, I guess I put that, that dream, I did a little bit of it, and I put that dream to rest. And then like, when I got done with my dissertation, I was like, I'm going to try this again. So, like, you know, two years ago when I got done and I graduated from uh, grad school, I just, just decided to do it. And I kind of have a – I'm an old-school punk rocker, too, from back in the day. So it's kind of that DIY dig into it. And the great thing about podcasting, which you can attest to probably – maybe not. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. But, you know, <laughs> we don't have big sponsors behind us or anything no. like that. But at the end of the day, we're the only person that really can fire ourselves. And that's what I like about it. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely a uh, a bootstrap kind of situation. Uh, I can see where the bigger comics, people like a Mark Marin, who really kind of needed it to sort of give himself something to do, is on sort of one path. And then there's the guys that are doing pretty well, but they want another outlet. Um, uh, I, Adam Carolla, for instance, or even uh, Greg Fitzsimmons, who works a lot, but clearly wanted another outlet. 
I think I I like Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, and I may not necessarily like or agree with everything he says. And just seeing him in Orlando uh, not so long ago, I can see how that really helps him out as far as like a, a process to get out ideas. And it's it's a podcast is basically anything you want it to be. Yeah. And just, well, Bill's a great I, example. Totally no frills. There's no music. There's no nothing. It's just him starting a recorder talking turning off the recorder yeah yeah I, I think that's the beauty of it you can be as simple and as or as complex as you want because i've listened i listen to this episode I don't know, I, this is where i kiss your butt part of it you have a lot of different podcasts that have just all types of production values to it and that's that's the brilliance of it uh it's just really interesting for me to hear just the gamut and even my own show is a gamut because Probably every other or every two episodes I go in the studio and I've got an engineer and it's all really slickly produced. And then every other episode I'm sitting at my desk at my house and I'm recording my wraparound stuff in my car so I don't wake my wife up and cobbling it together myself. So even my own show has this great variation in terms of quality. Yeah, like like you know Paul F. Tompkins, and again, it's it's easy to refer to the bigger names. He he spends a lot of time and energy and effort in doing like this kind of full bull old timey radio show, which which it reminds me of. And then you have like uh, Dana Gould's, which is a combination of interview with skits in between. So I mean, yeah. it, it's I, it's it's the beauty of it, and I love even some of the. The no name, and that sounds very like begrudging or very negative. And the people that aren't so famous because they can be just as interesting and just as funny and then just as creative with what they're doing. So I think sometimes those people get overlooked. Oh, I think for- it happens all the time. It's amazing, and I think it's happening more now. Um, you know, with this sort of um, aggregation of comedy podcasts into various networks. And it's beginning to sort of isolate some of the smaller players now because all of a sudden you've got Nerdist and they've got 12 shows and they're all hosted by pretty big names. Yeah, that's, but I think like Duncan Trussell, who does his own podcast, is very anti against this kind of podcast network because it, it separates everything else with the originality. What I've heard him talk about it is how it, it's brings it's supposed to bring people together, but it, it, we're isolating ourselves. It's much like bulletin board systems and what YouTube or not YouTube, but but like Facebook was like, it brings us all together, but we always end up segmenting out, which is kind of the negative part of it. So Uh, that's true. But uh, for the time being, there's still plenty of room for independent podcasters. It's just breaking through and finding your audience. That's the main challenge. Even two years ago when I started doing this, it was still kind of novel and people like, yeah, I'll do it. But now they're a little bit leery of it because they maybe been on a bad podcast because everybody, a lot more people are doing it at the same time. So that's kind of creating sometimes a barrier for wanting to get interviews with bigger name comics and the like. So being in the game, the podcast game, a little bit longer and having a good quality product pays off in the long run. So I think longevity, time and time and service pays off has something to say, at least in podcasting. You have to start thinking about who your audience is and who you're going to niche it towards. So I think that I'm glad I finally figured out after about a year of doing it, this is who I really need to gear it towards. And that, that tends to be who I kind of, I guess, market it to or advertise to in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. So where do you see podcasts kind of in general going? Where do I see podcasts going? I still think it's, there's a lot of untapped people out there that don't listen to podcasts. I mean, what is it they say maybe 
it's a small percentage of people who actually download, maybe 5%, yeah. and that could be even on a very conservative side. So there's still, and I think people still are like podcasts. I teach like a social media class at the university I work at, and like I think maybe like like over 90% of the students don't listen to podcasts at all. So, And that's generation Y, the technology generation, yeah. I think. So I think it's mostly a lot of people get into it like, creative types that want to do like an outlet of some sort. So I think it's, it's still an untapped aspect to it. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I finish up. I think it's like, and I described when I talk to my students about this, it is like the wild, wild west out there. You can get as creative. You can do whatever you want as long as you're not going to be embarrassed by what you do at the end of the day. That's a good point. I, I think also as some of these new technologies are coming along, so people don't have to figure out how to download these things. There's Stitcher, uh, now on Facebook, you know, I, I go out through uh, Liberated Syndication. They've got an app on my Facebook page that somebody can just go there and listen. And yeah. I think that makes it more convenient for a lot of people to be able to not have to figure out how does this go on my phone or my iPod and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's like trying to explain iTunes to my mom. God bless her. But with said, I don't know how many tutorials I've done. Is like this is how you find these type of podcasts that I know you'll be interested in. It's 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 a mystery to them that they can download music illegally, like the Dickens, but they won't take five seconds to discover free podcasts that probably has just a world of knowledge to them. So yeah, yeah. Um, what sort of advice do you have for somebody who's just deciding right now, hey, you know what, I'm going to give this thing a try, because um, both you and I think you started about a year before I did, and I was kind of pulling my hair out when I first got started going, how do I do this, and where do I go, that sort of thing. What do you think somebody just starting out now is going to be facing? Here, let me do a quick plug. As I do, I started doing a blog post for the helpfulcomic.com called Podcaster's Corner. Oh, and I just write a monthly article on there. And the first and foremost thing, the first article I wrote on that was like, find a decent microphone. Yeah. I think that gets overlooked and you don't have to spend a lot of money. And then secondly, just do it. And do it. I think people talk about it. I think it's one of my pet peeves and just in comedy and just in life in general is if you're going to do it, just commit to it and you just got to like, jump down that rabbit hole and just go until you figure it out. There's, it's, it's, it's a good self-discovery. And if you're a patient person and you're one of those self-driven people, it, it's not, I don't think it's, it's not as difficult as people paint it out to be. It just takes time to figure out what you want to do with your podcast, much like writing, much like doing comedy, much like yeah. doing anything in general, um, figuring out what your niche is and where it's at and just have fun with it at the point that it becomes a job. That's when I'm really probably, I will hang up my podcasting microphone is when I really just think it's like a dredge. Cause I really enjoy going back and re-listening to my interviews and thinking, wow, that was, that turned out a lot better than I expected. So, yeah, you know, in uh, talking to one of my previous guests, Dana Carvey, he said, anytime someone comes up to him and says, Hey, how do I get started in comedy? He says, I know right away they'll never get started in comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's just it's like, so it, it, just doing it is it ninety ninety nine percent of it is actually just going out and it's sitting down and recording on your computer and doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I just want to see if you had anything you uh, you want to plug in terms of either uh, episodes you have coming up. Um, yeah, next up, well, check out my hundredth episode, and I've got a variety of people from local people to big, like W. Kamal Bell, who's yeah. just recently moved out to New York City from San Francisco for the uh, for his show on FX. Yeah, if you want to go, a buddy of mine, actually, yeah, and he's he's a, he's a sweetheart. Um, 
big name. I'd have to go and look to see in my file system, but um, it's always going to be interesting. I've got Lucky Deluxe, who's a Kansas City comedian who lives out in L.A. I've got um, Jake Head, an up-and-coming Atlanta comic, coming up in, a, in, a pre- in an episode here pretty soon. So I shoot the gamut. I don't know what each week. I just go look at my archive files of interviews I've done over the past month and, and pull from there. It's a feeling on that. And so. then uh, you're, you're tweeting quite regularly. Yeah, hey underscore snowflake. I do a regular daily hey uh, fake advice for new comics, which is terrible advice that you should <laughs> never follow. And I say that because somebody responded to because it goes to my Facebook. It's like, why would you want to do that? And I'm like, please read the hashtag. <laughs> so yeah. And then uh, do you have a website uh, so people can kind of catch up with you if you're going to be on stage, things like that. Um, yeah, just, uh, I, I try to keep that undercover. It's like some of the best advice I've been told for comedy wise is like, just work under the wire. Don't try to, um, promote yourself too much till you feel you're ready. Since I feel like, you know, they always say like the five year and the seven year mark, but, um, go to the comedy, go, go Facebook page. That's where we can find out where I'll promote because, uh, Promote shows we do like Matt Davis is coming down to Valdosta. If you read last spin, his was on like the top five comics who dealt with hecklers, and that was like I think sometime this summer it was posted up there. So oh, cool. Okay, Dave, thanks so much for the time, and we'll uh, we'll play a cut from your hundredth episode on the episode we play this interview, so oh. people will get a little taste. Thanks again for your time, Mark. All right, Dave, take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Happy podcasting. Oh, you too. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks, Dave. Nice talking to him. He had me on right after the very first episode of Succotash dropped, and we have been chatting back and forth ever since, so it was a pleasure to return the compliment. For more Dave and more Comedy A Go-Go, click over to dvnelson.podbean.com or look for Comedy A Go-Go on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Now, I really shouldn't play this burst durst I have up because it's kind of time-sensitive. He, uh, he dropped it last week after the second presidential debate, And by the time you hear this episode, well, the third one just happened. So it's a little dated, but it's Durst, damn it. It's all I got, so here it is. Hey, guys. Will Durst here, relishing the spectacle of millions of Democrats wiping their collective brows after the second presidential debate. MSNBC's Chris Matthews was so relieved he nearly broke down and cried. Although, truth be told, he probably cries during Coke commercials especially the cute ones with the polar bears. Looks like President Obama did more at the bait camp this time around than practice his lanyard weaving. He reportedly took three days off to prepare for the Hofstra University showdown, as opposed to the 90 minutes he took off last time. The general consensus is Obama got his mojo back. He re-mojoed, while GOP candidate Mitt Romney charged onto the stage with his patented attacking style, but perhaps drank too deep from the Joe Biden over-caffeinated thermos, attempting to outshout both the president and the moderator, Candy Crowley. Romney's people obviously forgot to update his operating system, because there were also a couple of unforced errors. First, the binder blunder, where he awkwardly dodged a question about equal pay for women and spoke about binders full of women. Maybe we can get Bill Clinton to investigate. Then again, could be some sort of Mormon thing. The biggest pitfall was the Benghazi tiger trap, where Romney accused the president of not calling the death of our Libyan ambassador a terrorist attack. He should have said something was up when the president encouraged him to proceed, please, governor, but nonetheless went balls to the wall. 
Then Miss Crowley, who was in the Rose Garden for the president's press conference, confirmed his words. No, no, he said it. I was there. If Romney wins, Miss Crowley's destined to go job hunting with Big Bird. The right wing got incredibly upset with a moderator interjecting herself into the debate. But then the rich and the righteous are never really comfortable when the help talks out a turn. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Get yourself more Durst over at WillDurst.com. Also get his new ebook, Elect to Laugh, at WillDurst.com. And if you prefer to get your tweetings live, you'll find him at Will Durst on Twitter. You'll find us at Succotash Show on Twitter. And uh, you know what? If you've got a, a podcast that you enjoy, you're just a casual listener, perhaps, or a big fan, let me know what it is. Send along a note to Mark, M-A-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com. I'll be happy to track it down, clip it up, stick it in. Ugh, that didn't sound pleasant. <laughs> and uh, if you are a comedy podcaster would like me to have, play a clip on Succotash, you can send us a, a three to five minute MP3 or wave chunk to clips at SuccotashShow.com. And I will uh, do my best to make sure that gets up there soon. Um, where else can you find us? Well, that's about all for now. Until next time, please remember to pass the Succotash, won't you? You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash.